Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The Hargan women seem to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover inside the house there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I'm just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. From Gimlet Media, this is The Nod, a show about Black culture from Blackness's biggest fans. I'm Brittany Lewis. And I'm Eric Eddings. Eric, do you know what time it is? What time is it? <laughs> don't, do like, don't do is that, that again. <laughs> don't, don't do that again. <laughs> I ask you a question, you ask me back. Yes. And you know the answer already. What is that? It's time for Peanut Butter History. George Washington Carver was the wizard of the soil. George Washington Carver was the most well-known African-American of his day. During his lifetime, Carver extracted more than 300 products from the peanut. There is one product that many mistakenly attribute to him. Peanut butter. Peanut Butter History is our nod to the beloved inventor George Washington Carver, who didn't invent peanut butter, by the way. You should all know that. But he did think of hundreds, hundreds of new uses for peanuts, including, get this, peanut meal. Do you want that on your fried fish? Peanut is kind of a strong flavor, but it could be good, though. It could be maybe some fish sauce. You never know. You know what I'm saying? A little garlic, soy sauce. George knew. He He knew. knew. (laughs) Also... Peanut Butter History is our homage to the many, many Black inventors, scientists, artists, activists, and so much more who haven't been recognized for their contributions. And today, we're going to make sure that one engineer really gets the recognition he deserves. That feels like a strong hint. Yes. And here is another strong hint Mm. in the form of a question. Eric, when you were a kid, Mm -hmm. what video games would you play? Oh, man, there were a lot. Like, the first video game that I loved was Super Mario Brothers. The one from the Super NES. Yes, 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 yes. played that game incessantly. My sister played it a lot. Oh, it was so good. I played that. I played their basketball games, NBA Jam or NBA Live, Final Fantasy. The one game that I always wanted to play that my cousin Laquan had at his house that I didn't have, and he was younger than me, so I felt like this was not fair, <laughs> is that he had Zelda on N64, which was, oh. like, the best game. That was, like, the best game. Yeah. And I could never play it. We had Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. So I played a lot of, like, Sonic the Hedgehog mm-hmm. and Sonic stuff like that. Nice. And then my sister had the little, I think like a Sega handheld, yeah. the one that came out in the 90s. My parents got her Mortal Kombat because that was like, that game was like the shit. 
And then afterward, this is how you know my parents. Fake. Afterward, mm-hmm. the newscasts were like, you know, if you let your kids play Mortal Kombat, I was about to say, my mom violent. wouldn't let me play it. They took it back from her, which I think is, <laughs> I think that's whack. I mean, yeah, I thought it was whack, too. That, I was, that like, was whack. I was like, I love this game. We had a friend who had every console. And so oh depending gosh. upon what, so I, I had the Super NES. My friend Shadarius across the street, he had the regular Nintendo. I had another friend named Dell who had the Sega Genesis. Uh-huh. And like depending upon what game we wanted to play. Like, that's where we went. So so you grew up in, in a world with, like, plenty of video games, you know, so much so that you could go to a different friend's house each day after school and have something different to play. Yeah, now you can just download them online. Usually all the friends are playing together in their own homes. But, Eric, you know that there was a world before, you know, playing all these different video games at home was even an option. Like, you know, no Sega Genesis. Oof. No PlayStation, Dark Times. no Xbox, or even Wii, and definitely no Nintendo Switch. Yeah. There were no game consoles like that at all until mm-hmm. 1972, when the first home video game console went on the market. I'm going to show you the commercial for it right now. It's called the Magnavox Odyssey. Magnavox presents Odyssey, the electronic game of the future. Odyssey easily attaches to any brand TV, black and white or color, to create a closed-circuit electronic playground. Odyssey gives you all the exciting action of hockey and 11 other challenging play and learning games for the entire Does that look like a hockey game to you? It does not look like a hockey game to me. It looks like clip art. Odyssey, a new dimension for your television. Now at your Magnavox dealer. He's listed in the yellow pages. Wow. Listen in the yellow pages. Also, just like, what time is this? Also, he said he said he's listed in the yellow pages. Yeah. That's so funny. I don't think that you can say that anymore. Like, maybe only a man would 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 be a Magnavox dealer? Exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> throwback. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you could, you could see, though, this is like, I mean, the machine itself is a throwback. It's, like, just super basic. Yeah. They put this thing on the screen. It's like a screen on a screen. Like when you're a teacher in elementary school, well, if you're my old age, you used to have, remember the overhead? Like yeah. the overhead with transparency sheets? You just stick that on your TV, and then you basically paint Pong yeah. back and forth with little boxes of light. Yeah. And the way you see that they switch back and forth between the games was yeah. just changing the transparency sheet on the that's screen. stuck on your television. The backgrounds are very different. So, like, there's one with, a like, a map of America. I don't know. But why. it's still just the, the ray of light going back and forth. Like, it just says geography. Yeah. And, like, I don't know what game is a geography game with just a map of America, a rainbow map of America with a box of light on it. I don't yeah. know what that means. You saw people playing tennis, roulette. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how the roulette is really yeah. supposed to work. It's a circle. It's supposed to spin. The transparency sheet can't spin. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like stuck to the TV. Maybe you flip it around. I don't know. <laughs> then they're using this massive controller. The controller has a knob, not a joystick or a button or... It's like a little, little dial. It's like when you're trying to change the volume in your car. It, like, it barely even looks like a video game. Like, yeah. You've got the Wii controller. Um, and the games themselves are just not that different. Like, it's all basically the same basic game happening on the TV that you just have these stick-on transparency sheets. You just put them on the TV screen. Yeah, it's kind of hard to get excited about that. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, okay, when you were a kid and playing all those video games you mentioned with your friends, how would you switch between the games? So you have the little cartridge. Yeah. And you got the cool cartridge. Sometimes, you know, you got to blow it. Like that. Exactly. <laughs> and you mess around, you spit all in, and you got to figure out how to dry it out. But yeah, you take the cartridge, you just pop the cartridge in a little slot, it makes a little click. Uh, you want to take it out, you take it out. I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, because for a long time, there actually wasn't a fancy home video game console that lets you switch between 
all these different games. Mm. It all changed in 1976, though, with the introduction of a new kind of home video console called Channel F. Channel F, the one with all the fun. The Fairchild Video Entertainment System at your larger JCPenney. <laughs> the home entertainment system that never gets old. Plug in a new video cart and change the fun. Play tic-tac-toe, shooting gallery, or just doodle. Switch video carts and play Desert Fox. Wow. Switch again, it's Blackjack. Or play the two built-in games, Pro Hockey or Tennis Champ. Channel F for fun. The Fairchild Video Entertainment System. It's complex. This one actually looks like a video game console. Yeah. Like things are happening on the yeah. screen. It seems so much more sophisticated. It's like CGI compared to what you saw before. Like other thing was base. It was Pong. Every game was Pong. Every game was Pong. So it's like the first time you could actually play lots of different games. And the games themselves, you know, could be better looking because all the information wasn't held in the gaming console itself. <laughs> you know, I guess like combination of like the gaming console and like a stack of transparencies or whatever yeah. you know like you could see in the commercial that they were switching out um they called them video cards but they basically look like like old school atari cartridges mm. and each of those cartridges could hold an entire game on it it was totally revolutionary you can definitely see like visions of nintendo oh absolutely and, absolutely and sega this actually allowed people to make actual games yeah. that they could sell. Like, this was crucial to the growth of the video game industry. Just to give you an idea of how much this changed things, okay? Last year, the video gaming industry in the United States alone made more than $40 billion in revenue. So today, I am going to tell you about the man who helped to pave the way for the massive commercial success of video games as we know them now. Yeah. The man who led the team that actually made the Fairchild Channel F console, the very first home gaming system with interchangeable cartridges. His name was Jerry Lawson. Jerry Lawson. Are you ready to hear Jerry's story? I am. I actually, I, I, I have never heard of any of these systems. So this is actually, this is actually really cool. It's great. Look at that. Gamer. Look at me. I'm a gamer. <laughs> Coming up after the break, I try to tell Eric Jerry Lawson's story before I run out of time. Hey, I okay. fuck with Jerry. I, exactly. <laughs> big up, big up. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm your inner dream monologue, and you're fast asleep, so I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. So... You have four minutes to tell me this storm. Okay. You think you can do it? I can do it. Jerry deserves it. Jerry deserves. I deserve to learn. You learn something. 
Okay, put time on the clock. And to make it a little more challenging, I'm going to play you some music that speeds up as you go along. So, you know, just keep in mind, the music is letting you know clock's ticking. Okay. All right, I can do this. Okay. I'm ready. Ready? Okay. Set. Go. Okay, so Jerry was born in 1940 in Brooklyn, New York, and he grew up in a federal housing project in Queens. Mm-hmm. Okay, and get this. One of Jerry's first inspirations okay. was actually George Washington Carver. Really? Yes. There was a photo of, of George Washington Carver next to Jerry at his desk in the first grade, and he remembers his teacher telling him, like, this could be you. Okay? Mm. And he says that that was the moment that he realized that maybe he could actually be an inventor or a scientist. That's so sweet. So Jerry also had a lot of support from his parents. His father was a longshoreman who loved to read science books. And he also had a really dedicated mom who made sure that he went to only the best schools. And she also bought him like little gadgets and stuff like that and gave him an allowance to buy parts from his favorite electronic stores. So growing up, he'd like make his own walkie-talkies. Wow. He even started his own radio station. Wow. Eventually, I know. And it's early too. I know, as a kid, right. Eventually, he went to school at Queens College in New York, and he worked in electronics for a little while. And eventually, he moved to California in the late 60s. So remember, this is right before companies like Apple, Atari, yeah. Oracle were popping up. But at this time, you have to remember, going into tech was not an obvious career path. Mm. But like, you know, you know, like now, honestly, yeah. it was especially tough if you were a black man. Hmm, imagine that. Sidebar, <laughs> one little tidbit that I love. Jerry was actually in a computer club with Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak Are you serious? Apple. Yes. <laughs> and Jerry said he was, and I quote, not impressed with them. Hey, I okay, fuck with Jerry. I know, exactly. <laughs> big up, big up. Okay, so in 1970, Jerry started working at this big electronics company called Fairchild. He was an engineer for them, but in his free time, he was really obsessed with video games. Like arcade games were kind of a pretty new thing at the time, like Pong, like you mentioned, um, the arcade game that had come out a few years back. Jerry actually built his own coin-operated game in his garage, wow. and he called it Demolition Derby, which basically involved ramming your car against other cars. It sounds kind of fun to me. Yeah, it sounds um, awesome. <laughs> but when the guys at Fairchild found out he did this in his spare time, they were not cool with it. Like initially they saw it as like a threat or competition, but then they were like, maybe we should just make him the head of video games. Mm. Right. Somebody, I actually feel like that doesn't happen often. Yeah, I was too. gonna say I'm <laughs> like at least for us. People take notes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So Jerry became the chief engineer of their video games division, and his job was to figure out how to build a console like that was actually better than the Magnavox. So remember this, you know, the Magnavox, the really crappy system I showed you before. So he wanted to make something where you could play a lot of different games and handle all the plugging and unplugging without overloading the whole system. Like literally there was this fear that a video game console would explode. <laughs> so Jerry led a team to make a prototype, and the secret ingredient they introduced were these things called cartridges. Yes. The, the godfather of the video game cartridge, <laughs> Black Man. Because of these cartridges, you could switch out games without the whole system freaking out, overloading, yeah. and exploding. Jerry also made a prototype of a new kind of joystick that was a lot easier to use. <laughs> so they see you can move left, right, up, down, and not just use like those little knob controllers that you saw in the Magnavox. So later, some other guys modified his plans and basically built one of the main foundations of the controller model that we use today. Yeah. So they put the Channel F console out in 1976. Fortunately, it wasn't super successful. But a year later, Atari released their own version of a home console, the Atari VCS, which became super famous. It had a lot better RAM um, and sound than the Fairchild Channel F. But the thing is, it used that cartridge system. Mm. Basically, the Fairchild Channel F set the standard for cartridges and changed the entire industry. And this opened up a whole new market within the video game industry. You know, companies can make money off of all these new games. And players could also enjoy more games like, you know, than the boring versions of tennis and football that we saw that didn't even make any Geography. sense. Geography. And that was all thanks to the leadership of Jerry Lawson. But, as you probably could guess, yeah. he's mostly been left out of video game history 
until 2011 when he was honored by the International Game Developers Association just a month before he passed away oh, at the age of 70. Wow, you just finished with time to spare. You know what it is? It's my Midwestern speech. It just goes by so fast. <laughs> it does. It really does. And you know what else, too? I was driven. Mm. I was driven to tell Jerry's story. At least he got his flowers. Jeez. It's almost like too deep. Yeah. That happened a month before he passed right? away. It's like credit, man. I know. Give folks their credit. Credit. There's so many things that are awesome and frustrating about that. Yeah. Like, you know, I play I play games for forever. They've been re-releasing all the old systems. Yeah. And so I've like... I, like bought all of them and you have? I have and I've been, I did not you've been talking about video games all the time I'm like what's this problem my new thing is like you know when I put Eve down I'll take like 15 minutes and I actually just play like Super Mario Brothers or the old Final Fantasy it looks, it looks horrible I bet uh, it does it, it was, at the time Final <laughs> Fantasy was like the shit yeah but it looks terrible now but like it's crazy to think that so much of the structure that I'm playing with every day and growing up was made by a black person like, I know it's that's one of those things, like, it would have been awesome to know. Isn't it wild, though? It's, like, such a specific thing. Like, I feel like everybody has that childhood memory of pulling out the cartridge and blowing on it. Yeah. Or even just, like, actually physically going and buying games or picking yeah. them out or getting them, like, under the tree at Christmas or whatever. I did not know until I learned about Jerry Lawson that a black man was behind that. Wow. Literally. Yeah. Literally. It's for so long. I mean, I'm glad Jerry got to see it. I'm yeah. glad he got some recognition. But if you think about the progress that games made in between when he made that thing— in 2011, mm -hmm. like that is wild mm -hmm. that you don't go back to one of the people who, you know, helped get you there. Yep. It just makes me sad because I feel like they're always talking about these black people, not black people in STEM. And it's mm -hmm. like, look, we've been in STEM. We've been in STEM. He been was in the computer club with both of Steve's. Yeah. And they weren't impressive at that they time. They weren't impressive. And you know what? Honestly, I bet Jerry was right. Truthfully, <laughs> yeah. he was probably right. But you know what? The other thing is, I will say this. I already didn't have respect for Steve Wozniak mm -hmm. because he broke up with Kathy Griffin. <laughs> I used to watch her reality TV show, and I was like, they should have stuck together. Anyway, that's just my two cents. <laughs> that, that tells you that Jerry's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Eric, I think that Jerry Lawson deserves some recognition, don't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Jerry Lawson, welcome to the, the Peanut, Peanut Butter, Butter Pantheon. Pantheon. It's, it's, it's I need a Nintendo Switch. Sorry, that's not for the show, but it's I was okay. just thinking about that. I barely, I barely know what that is. All right, listeners, if you can't get enough video game content, I would recommend checking out our episode called Saving Grace the story of a young woman who uses The Sims video game to help cope with the tragedy in her life. It's beautifully told. I cannot recommend it enough. Again, it's called Saving Grace, and you can find it at gimletmedia.com slash the nod or wherever you listen to this right now. The Nod is produced by me, Brittany Luce, with Eric Eddings and Kay Parkinson Morgan. Our senior producer is Sada Abdurrahman. This episode was edited by Sarah Saracen. It was fact-checked by Max Gibson. The show is mixed this week by Sam Baer. Our theme music is by Khalid B. For additional music credits, check the show notes. Hold up. 